The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. I'm Rufus Griscom, and this is The Next Big Idea. We are up to number four in our countdown. Are you on the edge of your seat? I am. Today, number four, The Child in You by Stephanie Stahl. Is your inner child your truest self? Clinical psychologist Stephanie Stahl thinks so, as do the one and a half million readers around the world who have snapped up her book. But sometimes childhood traumas, big and small, can keep us from becoming happy, fulfilled adults. In this book, Stephanie uses examples and exercises to guide readers through a process of working through past injuries to become more alive and childlike in the present. Here's Stephanie. Hi, I'm Stephanie Starr, clinical psychologist and best-selling author of more than 10 books. I have my own psychotherapy practice in Germany for more than 25 years and conduct seminars about self-esteem, love, and the fear of commitment. I'm going to share with you five of the key insights from my book, The Child in You. Insight number one. Reality is a matter of the mind. Our brain seems not to have much interest in the supposed reality outside of it. We are indeed only tentatively connected to this external reality. It is not facts that make up our sense of reality, rather our interpretations of those facts. Our expectations play a decisive role in this, as has been proven in numerous psychological studies. Imagine encountering someone whose corners of the mouth are curled upwards. We can interpret this facial expression in several ways. He is smiling at me. He's faking a smile in order to manipulate me. He's grinning because he's making fun of me. Or maybe I don't notice the expression of the other person at all. These are just a few of the many possible interpretations. It's clear that any external event can be assessed and interpreted very differently by different people. If the opposite were true, we would always be in agreement with one another and many personal and political conflicts would simply not exist. When we are born, our brain is only 25% developed. It is able to master the skills of pure physical survival only, such as stabilizing the body's temperature and sensing hunger and satiety. Very early in life, our perceptions are limited to those of pleasure or discomfort. The higher brain functions develop over time as we mature. The brain's development is strongly influenced by our individual subjective interactions with our environment. Our parents play a significant role in this, especially in the first few years of life. Through our parents we learn how much we are worth being cared for and what we need to do to be loved. Their attitudes and behaviors shape our self-worth. Our feeling of self-worth constitutes our self-image, which in turn has a powerful influence on how we perceive other people and the expectations we have of them. Self-worth thus becomes the epicenter of our psyche. If our parents impart to us in some way that we are lovable beings, our self-worth benefits greatly. When our parents provide us the space to develop our own will, we learn that we are not merely at the mercy of relationships, 
but that we can also actively shape them. A recognition that is also beneficial for our self-worth. A strong sense of self-worth, a healthy self-esteem increases the likelihood that with such an imprint we will interpret the pull-up corners of a mouse as a benevolent smile. If, on the other hand, our parents are overwhelmed and are unable to give us enough love for freedom, we will learn that we must adapt our behavior to please other people. That is the root cause of a variety of problems later on in life. People who have weak self-esteem are quick to perceive others as superior to them and as potentially hostile. This increases the likelihood that they will be suspicious of someone whose mouth is curved in a smile. Insight number two, discovering your shadow child. Psychologists refer to the imprinting of our brains acquired in childhood as the inner child. The inner child can be seen as a metaphor for our self-esteem. In my approach, I differentiate the inner child into two aspects, shadow child and the sun child. The shadow child represents our injuries and the weak and vulnerable parts of our self-esteem. The sun child represents our strong and healthy aspects and also our self-healing powers, which we can activate as adults when we are no longer under the thumb of parents or legal guardians and so are able to shape our lives ourselves. Our self-esteem is expressed in our beliefs. I'm not enough. I'm not important. I simply have to function. I'm worthless. These are some typical examples of beliefs from our shadow child. When these beliefs, that is, the old programs, are triggered, we feel sad, fearful, ashamed, or angry. These are not pleasant feelings, so we make great efforts, more or less consciously or even quite unconsciously, to avoid having these feelings. We develop self-protection strategies. Striving for perfection and harmony, avoidance through flight and retreat, a desire for power and hiding behind a mask are typical self-protection strategies. Here's a possible scenario. Michael's parents had a bakery to manage, along with having the responsibilities for raising four children. They were often overwhelmed and stressed out. A consequence was that they were unable to give little Michael the love and attention he needed. Like any young child, Michael did not understand that his parents were just completely overwhelmed and maybe should have had just one child. Instead, his thoughts ran along the lines of, I'm a burden. I'm just not worth anything. This is how such beliefs come about. Michael grows up with this internal program, the glasses through which he most often perceives the world. This is his shadow child. In many situations, Michael quickly feels overlooked or ignored, and he often thinks that he is not getting what he deserves. He then feels hurt and angry. To avoid these unpleasant feelings of inferiority, he tries to fulfill all expectations perfectly and to reveal only the best side of himself. These are his self-protection strategies. He often bends over backwards to try to please everyone. Only when he's alone does he dare to be himself. To escape from this program and find his authentic self, Michael needs to familiarize himself with his shadow child. He would have to understand that his mind and thus his ways of thinking have been imprinted by his childhood experiences. 
and that these purely subjective and even quite circumstantial influences are determining a large part of how he perceives his present-day reality. He has to make himself aware that the imprints of his shadowed child are arbitrary and are not true reflections of his own worth, but instead are only those of the overwhelming situation his parents were in. Insight number three, strengthening your adult ego. Sometimes it actually does happen that a new insight affects us so deeply that it immediately changes our lives. More often, however, we need a little longer for new knowledge to become anchored in our consciousness. The brain, and thus the mind, learns through repetition. To become aware on a deep level that the imprints of his shadow child are arbitrary and have little to do with his present reality, Michael needs to practice separating his adult self from his shadow child. The adult ego is the clear-thinking mind. With the help of our powers of understanding and our rationality, we can view ourselves from a perspective outside of ourselves, that is, be in the position of the observer. From this viewpoint, we are disentangled from our emotions and connected to our reasoning powers. The adult ego is essential in freeing us from the irrational and childlike feelings of our shadow child and in preventing them from arising in the first place. It is just a matter of practice. The technique is called catch yourself and switch. For this, Michael needs to watch himself carefully during everyday life and notice when he falls back into his shadow child feelings. As soon as he does, he must immediately switch to his adult self. That is, switch to the observer position, where he has a clear view of his shadow child. From there, he can quickly realize that, for example, he's reacting in an overly offended way because a work colleague seems to be ignoring a request he's just made. The adult Michael can recognize that her mind was elsewhere, and so he will not take this personally. Instead of being insulted and then withdrawing, the adult Michael asks her for his intention and repeats his request in friendly words. The shadow child, however, needs not only regulation by the adult ego, but also consolation and encouragement. For this, Michael can adopt a loving attitude in his adult ego for encountering his shadow child. In psychology, we see this as self-compassion. Developing self-compassion is an important step in healing. The loving adult Michael may have to explain over and over again to his shadow child how it was back then with his parents and assure him that little Michael could not do anything about the overwhelming demands that burdened his parents. Insight number four, nurturing your sun child. The sun child stands for a strong and healthy sides. Most parents, after all, do many things right. The sun child also represents the vision of our target state of being, which is our healing. As adults, we can now shape our own lives towards this. Having created distance with the aid of his adult ego, Michael has already understood that his beliefs are arbitrary. The technique of catching and switching helps him become more aware of his present reality. 
In order to break away from identifying with his shadow chart, however, he needs an appropriate self-image with which he can identify. That is what the sun child is. Incidentally, it is very helpful to paint the sun child as the target image in beautiful bright colors. The aesthetically pleasing representation makes the target state all the more desirable. The brain is easily influenced by such simple strategies. To develop the sun child, Michael first needs new beliefs that are appropriate to his current reality. The sun child represents his strengths, resources, and higher values that give him support. And very importantly, through the sun child, he will replace his self-protection strategies with self-reflection strategies. Michael's old beliefs were something like, I'm not enough, and I'm not important. He can now change these into their positive opposites. I'm plenty and I'm important. It is decisive that his new positive beliefs find his approval. For example, if he has a strong resistance to the belief I am important, then an acceptable, less difficult alternative for him might be I'm important to my children. New beliefs need to be accepted inwardly to be effective. Next, Michael can consider how he can replace his self-protection strategies, where he meets all expectations people have of him and shows himself only from his best side, with self-reflection strategies. The point here is to translate the new beliefs into actual behavior. Michael wants to become more authentic and therefore more honest. He considers self-reflection strategies. I pay attention to my feelings and needs. I take responsibility for my well-being. I formulate my opinions and my needs when I'm with other people. Michael needs courage to express his self-reflection strategies. Higher values can provide us with tremendous support and help us grow beyond our fears. Michael chooses fairness and honesty as his higher values. In the course of his self-reflection, it became clear to him that it is much fairer if he's out front about his needs. Because this is the only way people have a chance to establish an authentic connection with him. Now Michael must think of a situation that can quickly catapult him into his sunshine state. He envisions hiking in the mountains with his best friend. He immerses himself in the scene with all his senses. In his imagination, his best friend tells him his new beliefs and strengths. Michael feels a deep joy rising in himself. He even feels that his body is stronger. He's feeling good and right. He has arrived at his sunshine. In order to anchor the state deeply in himself, he consciously goes into his sunshine feeling several times a day. The more often he does this, the more this new state of consciousness becomes imprinted in him. He arrives in the here and now of his adult reality. Insight number five. Self-reflection is a political necessity. Almost all suffering in this world arises from a lack of self-reflection. If all people were more self-reflective, we would have a better world. This is why dealing with our psyche is a political necessity. Our shadow child burns us not only personally, but in our interpersonal relationships as well. 
If we have only limited power and influence, this might affect only our families, neighbors, and partners. The greater our social and political influence, however, the greater the reach of our shadow child. The world suffers from politically powerful people who do not reflect on their shadow children. And the world suffers from people who, through their own distorted perception, vote for such politicians. Ultimately, the interrelationships here are quite simple. Introjection and projection are psychological mechanisms that distort our view of ourselves and of the outer world. In introjection, we internalize something that is not a part of us. A shadow child is one such introjection. Because of this sort of introjection, we have a tendency towards projection. In contrast to introjection and projection, we see something in other people that only really exists in our mind. For example, if the shadow child in me feels inferior to a colleague at work, I will project superiority onto that person. My shadow child will perceive that person as having slightly hostile features. I'm the potential victim, she the potential perpetrator. Perhaps that is why I think it is all right to talk badly about her behind her back and why I try to bully her. This, of course, is very unfair and it would be much better to reflect on myself and dissolve the projection. We must take responsibility for our shadow child and its projections. What occurs on a small scale between two employees applies as well to politics and society through the same psychological processes. Our feelings of inferiority and fears make us prone to project dangers and foes onto the outside world. We must therefore carefully distinguish personal projections from real dangers. The closer we keep an eye on our shadow child and strengthen the sun child in us, the more decently and fairly we will act. And decency, fairness and benevolence are the basis of any kind of human relationship. When I choose to take responsibility for my shadow child, I will become not only a happier person, but also a better person. Thank you for listening, and I hope you will enjoy the book. Thank you, Stephanie. I like this final point that doing this kind of work on yourself is not selfish. By making ourselves better people, we're contributing to the well-being of our community and helping make the world a better place. Let's do it. On our next episode, the science of getting from where you are to where you want to be. If you need to satisfy your book bite craving before then, may I recommend the Next Big Idea app? We've got hundreds of book bites in there from some of the world's leading thinkers. There is no better way to get smart fast. With book bites, you could read a book in the time it takes to wait for the F train to arrive. Actually, you could probably read two books in that amount of time. I'm your childlike host, Rufus Griscom. See you tomorrow.